developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Hello, I'm Joey Wright, and welcome to Extra Prep, the News Gazette's weekly high school sports podcast. Today we're catching up with Unity High School Girls Cross Country, and catching up with that group is not an easy thing to do. The Rockets have won yet another IHSA Class 1A state championship, winning the state meet at Detweiler Park in Peoria last weekend by 101 points over second place DePaul College Prep out of Chicago. We'll be joined by Rockets head coach Kara Lehman and juniors Erica Woodard and Olivia Scheich and sophomore Emily Decker. The Rockets didn't have a senior in their top seven this year, so they're still a relatively young group looking for more success next year. We'll talk about that and much more. I'm joined by Preps editor Colin Lykus, who pinch hits for Matt Daniels this week, and we'll have more on the other side of this break from Unity High School. Stay with us. Lauren Tate, Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Colin Likas, and Bob Osmussen drive the definitive Alina Sports portal, AlinaHQ.com. Your place for nonstop Alina coverage as it happens, all day, all night, all weekend. Your access to unparalleled Alina coverage is so easy at just over a dime a day. All of this for only $3.99 per month. Go to news-gazette.com now, click on the word subscribe, and get the instant Alina information anytime. Go Alina! Welcome into another episode of Extra Prep, the News Gazette's weekly high school sports podcast. I'm Joey Wright with Preps editor Colin Likas, pinch hitting this week for Matt Daniels. Colin, appreciate you joining us. We sat down with Unity Cross Country, the girls program that is, fresh off yet another state championship. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Some uh, some great girls over there. Coach Carol Lehman's done a great job with them. Uh, four state championships for Rockets Girls Cross Country, dating back to her time taking over the program in 20. 15 and all underclassmen in the top seven at state this year meaning a good chance we're going to be talking to them again this time next year because there's a fair amount of uh, possibility they're going to run it back i think it was erica woodard who mentioned in the interview that uh, when they were out there celebrating because they got back on saturday during the rockets home playoff game uh, on the football field i think it was erica that mentioned as they were raising that trophy you know she's thinking about next year Mm -hmm. so uh, if it wasn't her it was definitely one of those three they're (laughs) hungry they're motivated but right now they're celebrating the 2022 class 1a state championship so on the other side of this break it'll be head coach kara lehman alongside as colin mentioned juniors olivia shike and Erica Woodard and a sophomore in Emily Decker. It's Extra Prep, the News Gazette's weekly high school sports podcast. We'll take a quick break and come back with Unity Girls Cross Country. Transfer Portal, NIL, recruiting, covering University of Illinois athletics has become a 24 hours a day, 365 days per year endeavor. It is as important as ever to be able to follow U of I athletics. For just 17 cents per day, Illini HQ digital subscribers have access to U of I athletics articles from Scott Ritchie, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, Colin Likas, and of course, Lauren Tate. Please go to news-gazette.com and click on the word subscribe to sign up for an Illini HQ digital subscription today. Go Illini! 
Welcome back to Extra Prep, the News Gazette's weekly high school sports podcast. We are in the library at Unity High School, joined by a trio of state champions on the Unity girls cross-country team, a sophomore in Emily Decker, a junior in Erica Woodard, another junior in Olivia Scheich. Kara Lehman, Rockets head coach since 2015, is also here. Olivia, looks like you've got the microphone right now, so we'll start with you. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Um, walk, walk, t- take our listeners inside what it's like to, to win a state championship. Obviously, we'll, we'll kind of break down how you guys got there as, as it goes along, but uh, Olivia, again, starting with you and going down the line, what is it like to be a state champion? It's just an incredible honor. You work all season, um, and the the hours we spend training in the summer, you know, this cross-country sport is not just something we do during the fall, and so I think that being able to look back to where we started, you know, when we went got to that starting line, we all just kind of kept thinking about, like, think about what we did in June, you know, and how that has gotten us here. The state meet is also such an incredible experience because you really don't remember like any of it um, because of everything that's happening. It's just so many emotions. So I think that being able to kind of get there with the confidence that we had and then running the race, I can't tell you much about that, except that it was raining and there was a lot of wind, but uh, we got through it and getting to, you know, all stand together. I think those first few minutes when they told us we were state champions was like, Okay, so, and then they were like, wait, no, like, this is how much you went by, and that that was just super exciting, and to get to stand there and all of us think about that. Erica, I know that you three, uh, plus Reagan, four four of you all helped mm-hmm. the team win a state championship last year as well. You had high expectations coming into this year, obviously, but just to, to repeat, I mean, is it almost like, do you, do you take that pressure throughout the course of the season and try to apply it throughout the throughout the meets and everything like that? Or is it something that you don't really talk about until you get to the state meet? There was definitely no pressure during the entire season that I felt personally to, like, repeat as state championships, as state champion, champions. <laughs> um, but, I mean, we always had that goal going into this season, but we didn't really start, like, kind of talking about it a little bit more until postseason. So... The whole like rest of the season was more just have fun, race, see how good you can do, and then posting was was really about see what we can do and what we can accomplish again. Absolutely, yeah, Emily. For for you, uh, just knowing that last year uh, you raced in the top seven, but your time this year, your placement obviously has dramatically gone up. For you, what what went into making that happen and just uh, to make a bigger impact at the state meet, I guess. Um, Well, this year, I think, obviously, I've definitely had a lot more experience, so Mm -hmm. I've gained a lot of learnings and learned how to deal with the workouts and all that stuff. I also just think mentally, I kind of had this click of, like, I wanted to be something good, and I really was willing to work for it and work hard and see what I could do and just letting myself go and seeing what what I could do and what happens. Kara, we'll go over to you. Uh, Did a story on you guys last week, and you mentioned how hard Emily has worked, uh, but really the work ethic of this whole team. I mean, how hard do these girls get after it, and what have they put in behind the scenes to get to, uh, once again, uh, atop the state? Sure. So uh, I guess Olivia already mentioned that we do train all summer. Um, So these girls are always in communication uh, with each other about uh, and with myself about about what work they need to do outside of um, them showing up together. Um, And so, you know, I guess I could ask how how many high school students enjoy getting up at six o'clock in the morning on <laughs> on summer days um, because these girls train at six thirty a.m. in the summer and uh, that's pretty 
you know, pretty much where it starts. And then on top of that, just all of the extra work they do um, to take care of their bodies to withstand the training that they do in the fall is is not something that everybody just wakes up and says, I can't wait to do that today. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, a, it's a lot of extra work, um, you know, all the strength training and things that they do um, on top of running every day. Kara, that's the stuff that's kind of, you know, it's more straightforward. You know you know how to plan out workouts and what the girls need to do to accomplish what they want to. When you're on the state course over at Peoria's Detweiler Park and you and your assistants are trying to figure out where you guys are score-wise and things mm-hmm. like that, that's a little, I feel like, less straightforward, more stressful maybe. Yeah. What, what's that experience like for you as a coach trying to figure out are my girls going to be state champions in sure. real time? <laughs> sure. So I'm a math teacher, so uh, that does make that it helps. a little bit easier. But um, yeah. I, I definitely have a lot of things going in my mind before the race starts. And as far as, like, looking at other teams and trying to figure out how many points we think we need to win, and then uh, where, where do we each five need to fall in order for that to happen. So usually I have a pen in my pocket, and I'm writing down numbers on my uh, hand as the the race goes by, but this year it was pouring down rain, so yeah. that didn't happen. Um, and luckily, it wasn't as vital this time around. So uh, yeah, we were we went into the state meet hoping to score under 100 points, and that happened, and that was really exciting. Um, Reagan Stringer not being here to um, she was she was really key and getting her to place in the low 40s was the goal and she placed 43rd so it was it was really great to have her as our fifth runner there at 40, 43rd and that really really did it for us Olivia we'll go back to you uh, uh coach mentioned kind of the conditions uh rainy <laughs> uh cold windy I imagine as well uh what's it like to to balance those as a runner you know it's it's Obviously, a lot easier to run uh, when conditions are ideal, but when you've got the rain, the wind, all that, uh, and add in the the stakes, the state championship. I mean, whoa, just take take me inside that. Yeah, um, I will not. I will not lie when I say when we walked up to the course and we got there that we all were disappointed to say the least um, I mean, it's just when you when you have your state meet it's like this is where I want to run my best race this is where I want to like show like all my hard work and so it's so hard in a sport where we measure by our times is kind of how you can see if we did a good job or not um, but then also we, what didn't matter about the times it mattered where we were and with everybody else in the race and so when you get there it's hard not to get psyched out in your head like this is just going to be a bad day and I'm going to have a hard time getting through those conditions and so we really just kind of focus on the fact that everybody had those conditions and that um, we weren't the only team that was going to be out there running into that 25-mile-an-hour wind. And when it was pouring at the finish, everybody couldn't see the finish. It wasn't just us. And so um, I think that really helped us. And I think our training um, gave me the confidence, too, the fact that, like, uh, we don't, like, just take a day off if it's stormy or if it's 100 degrees or 20 degrees. We're still out there training. And so I think the sport of running has really helped us to kind of have a little bit more perseverance probably for those conditions. Um, I'd also like to dedicate to our small rural area where there's lots of wind that we were prepared for the wind. <laughs> yeah, well, we were coming in there out in the parking lot. It, we got a huge gust that almost uh, almost yeah. blew me over pretty much. Yeah. So that sounds yeah. about right. We were out here for football in week nine. That's right. On top it of the press box. And it was yeah. so it yeah. was cold. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> kind of along the similar line, Erica. Just uh, coach talked about you know not a lot of people want to get up at six a.m. six thirty a.m. on a, a summer 
morning and go work out. Not a lot of people want to run through mud and all the like. I'm seeing pictures of kids after the races, especially those three A races that just the court when the course is already shredded and just everybody's caked in mud and dirty and filthy. Do you do you guys take a lot of pride in that? Just going out there and just you know toughing it out when a lot of other kids would say I'm yeah. absolutely not doing. Yeah, that. I honestly <laughs> love running in the mud because it's also something that you can like focus on instead of like the pain you're going through you can be like ah i'm running through mud gotta (laughs) make sure my spike doesn't fall off my foot (laughs) um so and like last year we had a really muddy season like it was just a ton of mud the entire season so when it's muddy i honestly love it just because it's fun to run through and i take pride in the pictures when you see like the mud up our legs because it shows like we truly do race and train through any conditions i can say for for those listening who have never run cross country that is a real thing to worry about is losing a shoe in mud i (laughs) I did it in high school and i got cleated in the uh, finish shoot afterward because i was barefooted it's not fun oh man that's why i didn't run cross country that's why i I stayed away yeah um emily this is uh, a bit of a younger group right Uh, no seniors in the top seven and and you're a sophomore erica and olivia are juniors so uh there will be a run it back tour next year i'm sure but what's it like to be uh, just a part of that young group, you know, knowing the expectations are going to be high again next season, and you're going to bring everyone in that top seven back. Yeah. I mean, it's exciting. Obviously, there's some pressure there, but I mean, we all would love to have a third state championship, <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's all really fun, and I mean, yeah, we're young, but I think we're very competitive, we're very fierce, and we're willing to keep trying. I mean, next year, I think we want to get even below 80, so <laughs> I mean, we're always reaching for something, even though we're young, but I mean, we're strong, and we have fun competing so Kara looking at that that youth aspect we, we have three not seniors but not freshmen here either obviously the addition of one freshman you're starting seven Mackenzie Pound with her mm-hmm. coming off an IESA state championship mm-hmm. as an eighth grader was was a huge addition to this roster and just we've talked about it before but for people who haven't read about it haven't heard about it just uh, how has she been able to just make that adjustment so seamlessly because some kids when they go from IESA to IHSA the mileage difference it doesn't translate yeah, so we, we have a phrase, close the yearbook on the previous uh, successes that you've had because everything is different in high school, and same thing will happen to the girls if they continue to run in college. Uh, but Mackenzie, I think she started to figure out uh, what this was all about, about midseason. Um, of course, uh, the girls don't all run the same mileage depending on their experience level and so forth, and um but towards the championship season, she she really had a sense of how the racing works in high school. So uh, she we almost had to pull her back. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously not, but she she just um, was real anxious at the beginning of the season to get out and be up front, and then she paid for it <laughs> a little bit in the first race or so. Um, but then she figured out how to go out and maintain. So that was really awesome of her. So. It's a good learning experience over the course of yeah. the season, too, <laughs> obviously. Olivia, you guys win the, the state championship on Saturday. Um, then you come back to Tolono. Uh, football team's hosting a playoff game. Uh, they're up big by the time you guys get back, so the crowd's you know already pretty excited. But then you guys come out and you get honored in front of all your fans. What's that like? And then kind of part two of that question, Colin, I know you were out there on Monday for the, the pep rally, right, in front of the whole school kind of celebrating that state championship. Just what's it like to – have that school uh you know kind of rally around you and and get to raise that trophy in front of everyone yeah it's pretty cool i think that we talk a lot about how people don't always consider cross country as a sport and it's offensive to us because we (laughs) spend a lot of time doing this sport Mm -hmm. and so being able to you know bring back that trophy it's kind of like 
yes, this is a sport, and this is something that you should be proud of us for. And um, you know, but I think it's just really cool to get to have that support, and you don't always necessarily. Um, it's probably a less attended sport to go watch a cross country race, and I'm not complaining about that. <laughs> but um, I think that it's cool to still see that we had so so much support at home, and being able to have that pep rally. It's kind of just. Um, a good way to wrap up the season and think about like here's where we were but then kind of think about the next season too because as soon as it's over you have those things I know that's kind of like the end of the season markers for me and I just started to think about next year and <laughs> it was kind of fun to kind of start thinking about that too. Interesting dynamic Erica what we've been talking about here is this all underclassmen lineup is mm-hmm. you know the top seven at state it's all of you guys are coming back next season but there were seniors that are part of this team. There's, there are seniors who are part of this roster, and it, obviously, and I want you to speak to this, just the importance of having those those upperclassmen, even if they didn't you know, race at state, even if they didn't go toward that score, it's important to have them on the roster, right? Yeah, I think the seniors were some of our like biggest cheers for us. Um, it would have been nice to have some seniors on the state mm-hmm. team just so they could experience it, but you know, they were kind of more the silent leaders. Mm-hmm. Like they, they quietly led... And I feel like that was really good for our team dynamic this year because we're a very fun team, but we can also be very, um, I don't know where I was going. <laughs> I got an idea. Go ahead. Can I add? Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I think that um, one thing that I noticed is that we all, because we're so young and because we are so competitive, we kind of would put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And so um, I know like with Mackenzie, we had a room with one of our seniors and just being able to have them kind of as our team moms is what we called them. They would always be there to ease your concerns and we'd be stressing. They'd be like, We've got this covered. We'll figure it out, and you're going to – and I just think having them there to kind of encourage us. So, yeah, For sure. Makes sense. Uh, Emily, how do you kind of gear your training in the off season? And uh, any of you guys can jump in on this too. But, you know, cross country is unique where it's it's not uh, a football or basketball or, you know, a team sport where you're necessarily scouting out your competition, right? It's entirely self-driven. So how do you channel this state championship into the off season and maybe use that as motivation to get better? Um, well, I definitely the thing with running is consistency is key. So, I mean, I think always staying consistent and just your mindset and staying positive and looking forward to next year. And, I mean, yeah, you're training six days a week, so that's <laughs> exhausting. But you know it's all going to be worth it because you continue to work and continue to train. And I think the off-season is an important part because it's time when you finally get to rest and recoup and realize your next goals and what you want to reach next. And I think that's a very important part of cross country that some people don't always realize. For sure. And Kara then just thinking ahead, kind of along a similar track, these girls participate in other sports largely. A big one is going to be track and field in the Mm -hmm. springtime. Uh, For you, how do you uh, use that sport to try and maybe also help prepare these girls for cross country? I know it's not the same thing where you've got either the 32, 16, maybe the 8 or the 4, depending on what these girls might be good at, but how do you use the track and field season to prepare for a new cross country season? Sure. So it it is just really great to be with them most of the year, <laughs> um, and it, it totally is different. Uh, track and field, the training is different. Um, the terrain is obviously different. The weather and the wind, not so different. Um, but uh, it is is definitely something that we use to, you know, kind of jumpstart how the cross-country season might play out. Um, we do have occasionally uh, kids who don't run track mm-hmm. and, um, and definitely take that into account. But uh, track is its own animal, and the girls are really looking forward to this season. The four by eight um, kind of is your cross country on the track, and so that's something we look forward to for sure. Um, but also, I think it's good to have a break 
a little bit of a break from, um, you know, the scoring of the five, and now you're kind of individually being able to look at running in a different way. So, like Emily said, consistency is key. It just keeps them running, and that's, that's what we like about it. Guys, appreciate your time. I think that's about all the time we have. Uh, Coach Lehman, Olivia Scheich, Erica Woodard, and Emily Dacker, state champions again in 2022. <laughs> Thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks so so much for coming down. Absolutely. Hope to talk to you guys again in 2023. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. You bet. We'll take a quick break and come back right after this. This is Extra Prep, the News Gazette's weekly high school sports podcast. Lauren Tate, Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Colin Likas, and Bob Osmussen drive the definitive Illini Sports Portal, IlliniHQ.com. Your place for nonstop Illini coverage as it happens. All day, all night, all weekend. Your access to unparalleled Illini coverage is so easy at just over a dime a day. All of this for only $3.99 per month. Go to news-gazette.com now, click on the word subscribe, and get the instant Illini information anytime. Go Illini! Welcome back to Extra Prep. A huge thank you once again to Unity High School Girls Cross Country. Head Coach Kara Lehman, very hospitable, if you will, in helping us set that up. Uh, recorded that in the library with Olivia Shank, Erica Woodard, and Emily Decker. We are back in our studio now, though. Uh, the dam was starting to break as uh, we finished that interview, and the students wanted their library back, under- right. understandably so. The middle of a school day at Unity, but back here at the uh, News Gazette's uh, studio. And Colin, it's playoff football time. Uh, it's been playoff football time for some time now. In fact, uh, week three of the playoffs, the quarterfinals, starting to become real for a lot of these teams. Let's dive right in, Class 5A. Uh, it's maybe becoming more real for Muhammad Seymour than anyone else in our area. The Bulldogs 11 and 0. They go on the road, though, for the first time in these playoffs to fourth-seeded Morris. That's going to be a tough one. Yeah, I mean, uh, this time of year, every game should be a difficult one. You'd like to think that it's all going to be close ones once you get to quarterfinal round and beyond that. First road game, as you said, and that didn't go well for Muhammad last year. They went on the road one time in the playoffs, and that was two Metamora in the quarterfinal round of Class 5A, and they came away with a hard-fought loss, but a loss nonetheless. Uh, this Bulldogs team is senior-loaded. They have had their minds set on one goal throughout this whole season. That's been making it to Memorial Stadium for a state championship game. Uh, it's going to be a tough matchup, as you said, with Morris. They don't really have anybody who's just having a, a freak offensive season. I've looked at their statistics. Uh, it's not quite the same as Muhammad, where you got a couple guys who are just very obviously standing out offensively in Quentin Rogers and Wyatt Baum. Uh, but uh, Morris gets it done with defense. They shut out Centralia last week and also hung 60-some points on them. So you know Morris is going to be feeling good going into this game. I personally am going to pick Muhammad to win it, but I think it'll be a close one. They don't have a uh, Seth Glatz dude. No. <laughs> that's no. Morris. That's who, uh, that's who they ran into in the postseason last year. On the other side of this bracket, though, um, Peoria and Mascuda going to mm-hmm. be a good one. That's going to be the uh, – and both those teams a little beyond our area, but the winner of that game will play Muhammad if uh, Muhammad Seymour can defeat Morris. And that's a Peoria team that's playing good football right now. 10-1, and a big win against Kankakee last week. I don't know if anyone saw – that coming, but they they blew out the K's, and 
If Peoria wins that game, and I don't know as much about Mascuda, but it's just proof Mohamed Seymour's defense is going to have to come next week, and I know they don't want to get too ahead of themselves. I'm sure Mascuda is a good team. They made it to the quarterfinals for a reason. Uh, they pulled an upset to get there. I believe they are the uh, seven seed in Class 5A. Um, don't want to overlook them, but I think Peoria is going to win that game fairly handily. I think they're kind of just on a roll right now, as you kind of alluded to, with the win over Kankakee. And the Muhammad Peoria matchup is just its something that I think high school football fans should salivate over a mm-hmm. little bit. It just has the makings of, a, of an absolute shootout uh, over at Frank Dutton Field, which is where that game would be played. So uh, don't want to count out Mascuda, certainly. I would give them a fighting chance without knowing very much about them, but uh, know a little bit more about Peoria and the fact that they were able to kind of dismantle Kankakee uh, in the second round says a lot, and they were just really good during the Big 12 season as well. That's a marquee win, and uh, and of course that's not to discount Morris either. You know, that's mm-hmm. why they play the game, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, Muhammad and Morris will both be favorites, I think that's safe to say, in, in those 5A matchups. Now to a 3A matchup, and you know, I, I mentioned it's starting to become real for Muhammad Seymour more than anyone else. Prairie Central might take umbrage to that. <laughs> the Hawks are 11-0, and and they will host Unity in an Illini Prairie Conference rematch. This was a game that Prairie Central won pretty easily in week one of the regular season, 34-12. to But uh, Unity's a different team now, I think it's fair to say, and they've won 10 in a row since. They've looked pretty good in the first two rounds of the playoffs. This, this is going to be a tough one. Maybe you give Prairie Central an edge for being at home, but this might be a coin flip. Yeah, it's a it's an, a lot of interesting dynamics at play. To be honest, uh, when you you mentioned it being real, I, I think it feels a little less real when you have to face a conference opponent uh, this yeah. deep into the playoffs. It just feels like you're playing another conference game. Just the added stakes of if you don't win, your season is over, which is obviously a pretty big stake. But nonetheless, these two teams are familiar with each other, as you said. And I really think both of these teams have changed quite a bit since Week One. Uh, Unity uh, obviously has really found a groove offensively. They they were not in a groove offensively in that first week against Prairie Central. I believe they only scored 12 points in that game. Matt Brown has just been unstoppable for several weeks running now, running the ball, and Kale Rodden is a solid quarterback who connects really well with a lot of different receiving options. Unity's defense is going to be tested like it hasn't been since arguably week one against Prairie Central. Get to see how much improvement they've made. The big thing to, to think about, though, the Hawks, as far as you don't think they've changed too much because they haven't lost a game yet this year. They've been undefeated the whole year. But in talking with uh, Prairie Central coach Andrew Quain, he mentioned how during the week one game against Unity, there really wasn't much for first year starting quarterback Drew Habercorn to do as far as read option type things. Their quarterback position has developed a lot uh, throughout the course of the season, and now Drew Habercorn is really showing off that alongside Drew Fair, uh, basically their second best rushing option, Prairie Central's, is their quarterback out of about five good rushing options that they have. So uh, really interested to see how those two offenses match up against each other and uh, how the two defenses can manage to slow down either side. It's going to be a defensive battle. Um, Unity's defense has played well in its first two playoff games. I, I was out there to cover both of them at Hicks Field. This is the first time since uh, before the pandemic Unity will play a playoff game on the road, runner-ups in Class 3A last season, and uh, <laughs> hosted all four games to get there mm-hmm. and, and uh, twice to this point this year. But that's a good defense that just knows how to answer the call. I don't know if they've got one star player necessarily. Uh, Will Cowan had an interception that kind of sealed the game for him last year, but or last week, I should say. But uh, goal line stands, timely plays. It's going to be a good game. And then on the other side of that bracket, the winner of Unity and Prairie Central will face 
Olympia, eh, or Williamsville, I should say. Williamsville, a three seed, ten and one. Olympia, a fifteen seed, seven and four. Uh, we would be talking Illini Prairie Conference rematch potentially if Olympia was still in the IPC. They are no longer a member of that conference. Williamsville, a good team, and again, those two teams a little beyond the scope of our area, but. Um, Olympia kind of on a little bit of a run now, and Williamsville ten and one. They're they're looking pretty good as well. Yeah, I mean uh, Williamsville has been a team that's been AP ranked all season long. I think everybody kind of understands what the Bullets bring to the table. Um, they're three seed for a reason, uh, as you would say. Olympia obviously is the team that everybody's just really curious to see what they bring to the table now. As a 15 seed, they stunned second seed of Benton in the first round, and they really took it to St. Joseph Ogden last week, hanging 60 points on them. I don't think you can overlook this Olympia team right now. I'm going to take Williamsville in the game just because uh, they have a little bit more experience at this level, and uh, I feel like they have kind of set out a mission that they want to probably knock off a Prairie Central or Unity type and try to make it to a state championship game. But uh, it's one of the scariest teams you can play this time of year is a team that's got nothing to lose and is playing without fear, and I imagine that's probably what Olympia is at this point. I would think so as well. We'll touch on a couple of 2A games here. These are both a little, again, beyond our coverage area. Uh, one of them just barely, Tri-Valley, you know, mm-hmm. kind of on the fringe there uh, near Bloomington, 9-2. and two. A testament to their program, you could say they're a little down from where they've been in years yeah. past. They'll host uh, a good Knoxville team, also nine and two. That's a, a six seed in Tri Valley and a seven seed in Knoxville. Uh, not gonna lie, I don't have a lot of familiarity this year with either program. I've I've covered some Knoxville in the past. Uh, Ryan Hebbard, terrific head coach there, has done good work. Um, I, I would imagine that'll be kind of a ground and pound game, uh, you know, based on what we know from from both teams in the past. I would say so. Uh, Knoxville coming off a good win over Bismarck Henning uh, last week, scoring a ton of points in the fourth quarter to pull away in that game on the road. And uh, Tri Valley's got some quality wins under their belt. Uh, we know they beat Arthur Lovington at one Hammond early in the season, really demolished ALAH early in the season. Uh, you know, they lost to a, a really good Class 1A Ridgeview team, but uh, beyond that, it's been a pretty clean slate for Tri-Valley. Um, I think i give the nod to Tri-Valley overall, but I think it'll be a really close and competitive game. I agree, and I uh, actually did talk to Tri-Valley before the season, caught up with them for a quick preview, and yeah, Josh Roop, you know, he has a senior heavy ball club. They like to run the ball. They've got some receivers as well. That'll be that'll be an interesting matchup to watch. Uh, on the other side of that, Belleville, Altoff, and Johnston City. That is a 14-seeded Belleville team, 7-4, and four, and Johnston City, one of the best teams in the 2A class this year, 11-0. and 0. Uh, The Indians took down Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond last week, 28-8. Caden Fagan did get hurt in that one. We wish the, the best for him, but uh, Johnston City, they've been rolling. Uh, they won that game without much of a problem. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Johnston City has not been super tested this year. Some of their biggest tests are just coming in the playoffs. Their regular season schedule is not overwhelmingly strong. It's good schedule, just not overwhelmingly as strong as some of the other ones that are still remaining in Class 2A. Belleville Altoff, meanwhile, kind of similar to Olympia, another big seed just trying to make a run. A uh, team that hadn't been to the playoffs in a few years before this season. 
Um, and you know what? I took Arthur last week to beat Johnston City, and I genuinely think that would have played out if Caden Fagan had been able to stay on the field for more than literally the first play of yeah. the game. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, you know, it's nothing against Johnston City, but I'm going to take Belleville out off this week. We'll squeeze one big seed upset in there and, and see what happens. I like that. I like that. And a uh, tough way for Fagan's high school career to end, but mm-hmm. he's on to bigger and, and – Hopefully better things at the uh, University of Illinois, and that says a lot because he had a lot of success uh, at ALAH. Now on to a couple of 1A programs that have uh, had some success. Just one uh, of these four teams that we'll talk about in our area, and that's Tuscola. They travel to Ridgeview-Lexington this week, uh, and it's going to be a, a fourth-seeded Tuscola team, 9-2. and Ridgeview-Lexington's 11-0. and Ridge-Lex has been... Just carving people up this season, for lack of a better uh, phrase. Ridgeview-Lexington having one of the best programs, if not the or one of the best seasons in, in program history. And uh, that's going to be a tough one for Tuscola. As good and as balanced a team as that is, uh, Ridgeview-Lexington's made it look pretty easy this year. Yeah, I would say uh, best in the history of the cooperative, uh, best in Ridgeview's history. Certainly Lexington has made a state championship mm-hmm. game before by itself. Uh, coincidentally, under Hal Chiodo, who is the head coach of this team now, has uh, come back around and uh, gotten a lot out of these kids. We thought last year, you know, when this Ridgeview-Lexington team was a double-digit seed in 1A and they made a run all the way to the state semifinals against Lena Winslow, oh, man, that was a crazy, you know, fluke run, you know, good for them. It was a great year, and they've come back this year and said, no, no fluke. We are absolutely dominant. They they have just destroyed a lot of teams. They beat a really good Eureka team. They beat a really good Tri-Valley team during the regular season. Um, it's hard to pick against Ridgeview-Lexington right now. Tuscola, you know, there's certainly program history there. Andy Romine's going to have his kids ready. Those kids are used to having success, even though Tuscola is a few years removed from its most recent playoff appearance before this year. Uh, Andy Romine, in talking with him before this game, uh, one thing he mentioned is Ridgeview-Lexington doesn't turn the ball over. They don't make very many mistakes, if any. So Tuscola is going to have to play its cleanest game of the season to this point if the Warriors want to pull it off. I'm personally taking Ridgeview-Lexington with this pick, but uh, watch out for Tuscola because if they get moving in the right direction, it's hard to stop a team with positive momentum. Quarterback Jordan Quinn has done a nice job with that group. They play good defense, too. On the other side, it's... Three-seeded Green, uh, Greenfield Northwestern, pardon me, at second-seeded Camp Point Central. So it's three versus two there. All I know is Camp Point Central is a historically really good program, yep. so I'm, I'm taking them. <laughs> yep, and uh, it's uh, both teams have uh, made it uh, one game, if I could talk. <laughs> both teams have made it one round further than, than they did last year in that one. So, uh, yeah, Camp Point Central, you never want to bet against them. Now to two eight-man games. St. Thomas Moore has made the Final Four. Eight-man playoffs a week ahead of the 11-man playoffs, and they are at Amboy Lamoille this week. Big win for the Sabres last week against Decatur Lutheran. Uh, the Clippers, meanwhile, defeated Milford Cisna Park 30-28, to so uh, MCP bows out another one of our eight-man area teams. But St. Thomas Moore, uh, when they face a, a big opponent this year, they've not been afraid. Uh, the big win against Milford earlier this season. Uh, Decatur Lutheran was undefeated coming into that one, I believe. So St. Thomas Moore, they're they're playing confident football right now. Yeah, they're playing a lot cleaner and mistake-free football and just uh, getting getting a well-rounded contributions across the board. Uh, yeah, STM 
It was not coming in on the, the highest of highs, but as you said, they had beaten Milford Cisna Park earlier in the year, and they played competitive with Decatur Lutheran in an early regular season game. So when they went into the playoffs, you could just tell, kind of went in with a, we are competent in ourselves, and that's all we need to worry about. They they thrashed Pawnee in the first round, and uh, they slowed down star running back Leighton Miller from Decatur Lutheran just enough to allow STM's offense to, to thrive, led by Matt Lorenzo and Peace Boomba over there. Um, you know, the, the Sabres, uh, they're doing a lot of good things. Amboy is also familiar with this stage and is doing a lot of good things. Um, I was advised, I know this wasn't the intent, but I was invi- advised by uh, an STM parent on Twitter to keep picking against the Sabres, and I'm going to this week just to see if that somehow turns into a good luck charm for them. So it's a little reverse psychology. They don't seem to mind it at this point anymore. They, they, they root for it. And on the other side, uh, the eight-man state title game, it'll be between STM and Amboy Lamoille, uh, and then they'll they'll face the winner of Polo and West Central. Uh, Polo, the Marcos, mm-hmm. great uh, nickname there. And yeah. West Central, not quite sure where it is. But it's Biggs Biggsville, yeah. And uh, Paul Polo uh, is the team that uh, made a state championship game last season. Uh, the great mascot in the Marcos, obviously. But, yeah, when you've got uh, recent success, there are kids that know exactly what it feels like to vie for a state championship. That that means a lot come this time. Um, so I'm taking the Marcos. And uh, really interesting, this eight-man uh, bracket, I believe the seeds remaining are three, five, six, eight. So um, certainly not playing out chalk in the eight-man bracket. And uh, looking forward to seeing which two seeds end up in the final. And we will soon know who qualifies for the eight-man state title game. That would be next Friday at Monmouth College, so not all that difficult of a trip for St. Thomas More fans to make should the Sabres qualify. It's just past Galesburg on I-74, about two and a half hours in the car. Joey Wright and Colin Likas in with you. This is Extra Prep, Colin pinch hitting for Matt Daniels today. Appreciate it, Colin. One more topic before we sign off. Want to touch on swimming, girls swimming and diving. The uh, state championship, state tournament, I should say, is... uh, State meet, I should say. It's not really a tournament. That is this weekend. Starts tomorrow, Friday, November 11th. Who are we looking for? I know Centennial has sent a large contingent, as well as a couple of various schools going to have some representation as well. Yeah, Champion Central has six state qualifications, easily leading the area. Uh, Baba Bradley is going to be competing in four events, two individual and two relays, so really excited to see how she does. It's a good mix of seniors, juniors, and sophomores going over there for the Maroons, so you've got some sustainability, some athletes who can uh, hopefully carry that over into future seasons as well. Uh, Centennial's Marin McAndrew qualified in two events. She's an Illinois swimming and diving recruit, uh, so interested to see how she fares in the 50 and 100 freestyle, the two uh, sprint races that uh, blink of an eye they're over also got athletes uh, from Muhammad Seymour freshman and Talon O'Donnell qualified in two events a very cool experience for her her dad is her head coach as well uh, uni high qualified a diver and uh, Sullivan also qualified an athlete so yeah good uh, good local mix unfortunately uh, none of the local athletes are seated better than 15th going into their respective events at state and it takes top 12 in the Friday preliminary round to qualify for Saturday's finals um, on the opposite side of that, I doubt any of those athletes care where they're seated, and they're going to go try <laughs> and place top 12 regardless. So uh, best of luck to them. Looking forward to seeing if we can have some girls make it to Saturday's uh, final round. Absolutely. Would be great to see, and we'll have plenty of coverage uh, from that and on the gridiron and elsewhere in print and online and the News Gazette 
Joey Wright and Preps Editor Colin Likas. And with you, this has been another edition of Extra Prep, the News Gazette's weekly high school sports podcast. A special thank you to Unity Girls Cross Country for joining us this week. However you've listened and wherever you're listening, have a great day.